With that in mind, you know, the title of my message today is um, Jesus, Teach Us To... Hmm. <laughs> and the scripture is God, you know, when the disciples are asking Jesus, Jesus, teach us to pray. And, um, but the idea is, in order to pray, what do we say? And so, I was thinking over this text and a couple other ones, but um, it's the Lord's Prayer that we are very familiar with. But sometimes whenever we're thinking about the Lord's Prayer, and we, we, we get caught in reciting the Lord's Prayer, which is good. It's a good thing to say the Our Father, as it's known in some, uh, some religions and some, some denominations. And for us, we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's the same thing, and it's, you know, it's the same emphasis and the same importance. But the challenge is for us to know who it is we're praying to. Why are we praying? What makes prayer, what makes what we have to say important? And, you know, does God really hear us? And does it really matter? So whenever we look at this, when we say, God teach us to pray, what we are doing is we are learning to speak with the Lord. We're learning to speak with God. Now, there's no magic. If you repeat this prayer five times and send it to 30 people, you will get the miracle that you deserve. <laughs> I'm sorry that doesn't work. It is, you know, it, it, you know, some people, that's what they believe. If you, if you take this little prayer and you say it and send it out a thousand times, God will answer your prayer. No. He may, but it's not because you sent it out a thousand times. It's because you have a faith that God, a trust, and an expression of what, you have an expression and expectation of what you believe that God is going to do in, our, in your life. Now, Prayer is um, our direct line to heaven. Prayer is a process that allows us to talk to God. How many have a cell phone? Yeah. What do you do with your cell phone? You turn it off, yeah. <laughs> what do you do with your cell phone? You have a number, and you dial it, and you talk to someone. Well, what are you going to say when you get them on the phone? What are you going to talk about? Well, generally, it's your knowledge of the person, your understanding of the subject, the question or what you're, what you're going to ask, your understanding of where you're at, what you're going through. So you're going to talk to them generally about something. Now, I know some people can talk about nothing for forever, but generally, <laughs> you have a phone, you know the person you're communicating with, you know something about that person, and you know something about the subject that you are going to talk about. You know, uh, this, there, there was this, uh, they did a 10-foot uh, excava excavation in uh, New York City, and they found, this is a joke, okay. They did this, <laughs> they did, they dug down 10 feet in New York City, I mean, I told you this, and they found a copper line, and they found that, they felt that New York City had um, communication 100 years ago. Well, out in Los Angeles, they, grow, they dug down 20 feet, and they found 
line, and they said, well, we had communication 200 years ago. Well, Bubba from West Virginia, or from Wimber, wherever, you know, Bubba from wherever dug down 30 feet and found nothing. So he, did, he said that people in Wimber had gone wireless 300 years ago. <laughs> so pick your town, you know. I like the other one. A guy calls from, uh, from Maine to, he, you know, he's an evangelist or a traveling guy, and he, call, he says he wants to talk to God, and he's in Maine, and uh, it goes to the church, and the, the pastor of the church says, well, that'll be 100 bucks to use the phone. Well, then, you know, he's traveling around, and he ends up in South Carolina, and it's $75 to talk to God. And so he comes to Wimber, and the pastor says to him, well, you don't have to pay anything. He goes, well, it's $100 up in Maine, and it's 75 down in South Carolina. Why is it free in Wimber? <laughs> it's a local call. So if you remember those points, we can go home now and understand prayer, okay? No. <laughs> so, um, so whenever we think about it, you have something, there's a desire to pray. Whenever you have a conversation, you have a desire to speak with someone. So you just call them up. Well, they're on your mind or on your thoughts. So whenever we pray, Jesus tells us, he begins by saying, our Father. Now, our Father, you know, Last week, we talked about 23rd Psalm. I think it was last week. And whenever he talks about the 23rd Psalm, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. So he doesn't say that the Lord is, she is a shepherd. The, the Lord is the shepherd of all people. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, when Jesus is telling us to pray, he says, pray our Father. Now, if Jesus had said, Whenever you pray, say, my father, we would have thought, oh, he's just talking to God about, for, about himself. But he, so he, he does the R, which includes all who would pray. So the, really what Jesus is saying in that moment of our father is the same thing David was saying in the 23rd Psalm, that the Lord God is my shepherd. So whenever we're talking to God, we begin by saying, my father, hmm. my father, <laughs> you see, my father. So my father, whenever we come to the Lord in prayer, we are saying, my father. So we're coming with confidence that, my father. You know, a little, little child comes to their parent and, you know, they come with confidence. You know, you <laughs> And, and, and I know some people are very, some children are very timid and stuff, but generally, you know, the, the little kid will come and, hey, I want an ice cream. <laughs> you know, he has an expectation. He's going to get it. Now, we may say no, but he knows if you do five times, mom or dad says, okay, just get it for them. <laughs> uh, seven times. So if you change your mind on the 15th time, Believe me, the kid is going to know 15 times he has to ask before you say yes, okay? But whenever Jesus is telling us and teaching us to pray, he's saying to knock, to seek, 
you know? What are we supposed to do? We are, we are to seek the Lord, we are to knock, and we are to be persistent in our prayers. So it doesn't mean that God is waiting to see if you're going to ask more than once. More than once, or saying the same prayer, the same expectation, stating the same expectation, is stating what you really feel is important to your life and to the, to the work that God wants to do through you. <laughs> you see, you and I, we are here to expand the kingdom of God. We are here to, we're the only Bible some people le- read. We're the only expression of God some people have. So whenever we are praying and whenever, what we are asking for in our life is not only for that I can have this so that I can tell people how great I am. <laughs> I want to pray that God will bless me so I can declare the blessing of God on others. That I can be that person who gives to those who are in need of what I have. Now, um, so that's, that's what we do. So we come with joy, we come with confidence, we come with prayer, our expectation, and please, please understand, nowhere in the Bible does God have sickly prayers. Oh, Lord, will you please help this worthless piece of dust? that's no good, that has nothing to offer, that is worthless, where on earth would people ever come up with an idea that that's humility? Nowhere in the scriptures does God put people in the weak worm of the dust mentality. Somehow, some way. You see, that's why if we are going to understand, if we're going to pray, we need to know something about the person we're speaking to. If you know nothing about the person that's calling you, those junk calls, what do we do? We hang up. (laughs) If you don't know who's on the other end, you hang up. What do they want now? (laughs) They want me to do this. They they only want your your mother's maiden name and your social security number and and the numbers on your credit card. Only those things. (laughs) Or... If you send us a hundred bucks, you'll get your kid out of jail. (laughs) Keep him! (laughs) But what do we do with those things? We hang up. Well, see, I got a text message from God. No. (laughs) So we hang up because we don't know about those things. And, And I think that's what happens with people. I don't believe in God because. Well, we don't believe in God is because we don't know God. And we have an expectation of God that is limited to our perception of who he is. He's this great big grandfather in the sky who deals out money like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> no, that's not God. So he is our father. Now, whenever we're thinking about God, the father, is that he is, God is a spirit. He is an infinite spirit. He is a person. He can be grieved. He can be resisted. He can be abused. You see, 
God is not one. He has created everything, but yet he gives us the freedom to choose who we're going to talk to. You can dial 1-800-HELL and get all the evil information you want. And so we can dial 1-800-HEAVEN and get all the information we want. We have to decide who we're going to listen to. We have to decide what we're going to put in our heart and our mind. Where it's going to come from. You know, how do we understand God? How do we know God if we don't know his word? The scriptures. If we don't know the scriptures, how are we going to pray? <laughs> how are we going to pray? How are we going to ask God for something? You know, it's like, well, I don't know what he's like, but people tell me to pray. So what do I ask for? Well, you know, I got a, I got a stove toe, and it hurts a lot. Can, can you take care of this? It's like, can't you? I heard there's a God. Well, scripture says, and they have different names in the Old Testament for, for God. One of them, five of them are, uh, they mean God will provide. God is a healer. God is our banner. <laughs> he is our banner. He is our peace. He is the way. He is my shepherd. So we find that there are the, all these names of God that speak about his provision and his help, his love, his grace. He looks upon us. When I say my, our father, I say my father, our inkling is to think of an earthly father. But God the father is so much different than our earthly father. We may have had the best or the worst but none of them are comparable to God, the Father. You see, God, the Father, began all of this with you in mind. And with preparing a place for us that we would spend, spend eternity with him. But we, humankind, we blew it. So we blew it. God says, I'll take care of that for you. I'll send myself, my son. He'll die for you. And his death will redeem. He will purchase you back from your lost condition. Wipe away all the sins that have separated you from me, and I can become one with you. That's the kind of God we, say, we serve. And so my father, which is in heaven... Heaven. How far away is heaven? How far away is eternity? You know? How, where, where does God dwell? He dwells in our hearts. Heaven is not some beyond uh, Pluto somewhere and some other galaxy far, far away <laughs> that we can travel there someday with a good spaceship. <laughs> He's not out there in that heaven, heaven. He is a place, God, there is a place called heaven. And God has gone, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us that where he is, we will be with him. So heaven is a real place. It's a prepared place for a prepared people. 
We prepare our hearts to go to heaven by allowing Christ in our hearts and our lives. God will be in heaven and he wants to be your friend. Revelation 21, 1 to 4 says, he wants to dwell with you and wipe away all your tears. <laughs> There's an illustration. Uh, young woman, she's in her, she's early 20s, and she's been going with this individual for a couple of years, I guess, and she's always trying to get him to come to church. And one day she says, okay, we're through. We're, we're breaking off this relationship. No longer going to be with you. And the guy is like, why? What what I do? She says, you refuse to go to heaven with me, and I refuse to go to hell with you. <laughs> you see, all of our relationships are about choices and choosing. And what is going to be good? Garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> good in, good out. We find that we, whatever you fill your heart with and whatever you fill your mind and your soul with, you're going to, that's what's going to happen. So whenever I pray, I need to know things about God. What is God like? Does he only like certain people? Does he like me? Does he really think I'm pretty good? He knows us better than we know ourselves. And so whenever we're learning to pray, learning to pray, we're learning what, who God is and what his feelings are towards us. So he starts off, starts off by, hallowed be thy name. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God's name is reverenced. It is a reverent speaking of his name. Now, we know there are people that use the name of God and attach it to every superlative they can think of in a, in a negative way. I always wonder, what makes the name of God so important to be used in a cursing manner? <laughs> I mean, what is there about his name? Why can't you say your own name and then <laughs> the superlatives? <laughs> You know, but why don't you use the, the devil's name and all that? We take that which is most holy and ascribe it to something that is unholy. Hmm. So for us, to those who are praying and believe in God, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus Christ, God the Father, Holy Spirit, we do not use, we, we reverence those names, the name of God, in such a way we will not attach it to anything but what is reverenced in our life. To curse the name of God is to curse ourselves. <laughs> you cannot curse God without that coming back on you. You cannot praise God without that coming back to you. You cannot worship God without his blessing and gratefulness coming back to us. So what we say is very important to what we do and what we receive. <laughs> Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom. Now, <laughs> thy kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. John 8, 30, 18, 36 says, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. When they were crucifying Jesus, Pilate's getting ready to crucify Jesus, and he says, are you a king? And Jesus said, yeah. 
But my kingdom's not of this world. Did you ever see the, the movie, uh, The Kingdom of Heaven? You know, that's during the uh, Crusades, and they're going down there to wipe out all the, wipe out all Islam and all the different false religions and only Christianity, and they're down there. And if you watch the movie, it, it's not, I'm not saying it's biblical and whatever. I'm not saying that at all. It's not like the movie The Apostle Paul and things like that. This is just a Hollywood thing. But one thing is that the people who are supposedly the most religious, they're always saying, God wills it. God wills it. You know, let's go to battle. Let's kill all those people. God wills it. And they go off to battle. And in, in the whole thing, they go out and destroy themselves and they're all killed by their stupidity. So... Just saying that God wills it is not, is not really what it's about. My king, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> you see, we are in a battle, we are in a warfare that is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You know, it is God's will. <laughs> in the kingdom of heaven, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, that God's will is to be accomplished here and now, just like it is done in heaven. In heaven, there are no obstacles. So what, what God wants to accomplish, as it were, in heaven is done, because there's nothing to oppose it. Now, in this world that we live in, the opposition is through our spirit, evil, that we allow people to evil influences to come against God's goodness that he wants to bestow on our lives. So the will of God, and you think about this when we pray. The will of God. The will of God is that we, be, that we are to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. So as our soul grows in relationship with God and understanding, there is a whole, there's a whole boatload of benefits that go with it. You know, that there is a whole boatload. So whenever we pray, we're, we're looking at this boatload of benefits because our soul is being fed and nurtured by truth that we find in God's word. Do we have everything? Do we have an understanding of it? No. You know, we don't have it all figured out. You never have it all figured out. Will there be questions? There'll be questions for the rest of our lives. But there will be answers to a lot of things. The, it, is the, it is the will of God that I remain faithful to him. So whenever I'm praying, and I'm praying for God to help me, it is, God, it is God's will that nothing will separate us from him. It is God's will that I pray unceasingly. <laughs> There's always a conversation going on in your head. Who's it with? <laughs> Who are you talking to? You know, you ever be around somebody who talks all the time out loud? They're talking to themselves. Anybody ever answer yourself? It's the best person to talk to. You always get what you want. <laughs> but who are you talking to in your head? Well, you, you know, I mean, and talking to this person up in, our, in ourselves. We're just over, rehashing the old conversation, planning on what we're going to say. Well, in our mind, we need to recognize that we can carry that same, that same conversation on with God. Huh. You know, 
Terry, I got this problem. Can you help me with it? <laughs> yeah, I'll call Terry on the phone. I got this problem. Well, God. It's a local call. <laughs> God. You know, I've been thinking about this and rehashing, talking to our best friend. This isn't like going into the Supreme Court and, you know, asking for an ice cream cone. <laughs> you know, this is about talking to our best friend about our ice cream cone that we'd like to have. We're talking to our best friend about, well, God, you know, I would like to find a really good bargain so that my money goes further. God, I'd like to be wise in my spending. See, conversation. And thy will be done. It is God's will that his gifts be operative in our life. It is God's will that the fruits of the Spirit be operative in our life. We never have to pray about stealing. Why? Because it's a commandment. Thou shalt not. <laughs> Thou shalt not steal. Well, God, if nobody comes and nobody sees, is it okay for me to take this? The answer is no. <laughs> no. Is it okay to cheat? No. Is it okay to talk about somebody behind their back? No. Don't bear false witness. You see, there are certain things we don't need to pray about. Should I dabble in those things that are evil? No. <laughs> you see, the Holy Spirit, God's presence in us, is for our benefit because he knows what is best for us. He created us. God created us for his presence to dwell in us, for us to live with him eternally. And he doesn't want to wait till eternity to shape us. He is shaping us in this life so that his will can flow through us. Does, so does that mean we're poverty? Does that mean that we crawl around like the weak form of the dust? No. We are to show forth his blessings. We are to show forth his goodness in this life and in the life to come. Father, teach us. Jesus, teach us. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. In heaven there are no barriers. God, do not allow there to be a barrier in my life to doing your will. Do not let there be a barrier in my life to be receptive of your gifts to me. Imagine that. No barriers to what God wants to bless us with. No barriers. That means I am not allowed to say, oh, that's too much. <laughs> I'm not worthy. Sure, you're not worthy, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't prevent God from giving. He giveth and giveth and giveth again. Um, give us this day. <laughs> give us. Give us is asking. Give us is being dependent upon. If I ask you for a cup of water, it means that I'm dependent, I'm, I'm thirsty, and I, I, I would like you to give me a cup of water. Give, I'm being dependent upon your gifts. So what we're doing is I'm asking God, give us, give me, my father, dad, Give me, give me my provision. What do, what do we need for the life we're living? 
You see, if we live in a cardboard box and believe that nothing is good enough and there's nothing important enough and that there's no need for me to be anything more than living in a cardboard box, then we're never going to ask more from God than a cardboard box. But what if you're to be a doctor? What if you're to be Secretary of State, President of the United States, an attorney, a doctor, working in the mill, driving a vehicle, whatever you are called to be, God is going to provide that for you to be the best at who you are. And in that place, people are going to see God in you. Because my Father gives to me day by day, moment by moment, he provides for me. There is no lack in his kingdom. There is no lack in his provision. And he gives to us our daily bread. Now, often we think, okay, bread, that means eat. And it does, you know, that we have enough to eat. But you notice, when Jesus said, when you drink this cup and eat this bread, which is symbolism of his body, his body broken for you. Every day when I partake of God's brokenness for me, I recognize my wholeness in him. <laughs> His brokenness provides for me wholeness. His death upon the cross provides for me eternal life and forgiveness. Daily, Lord, you are going to provide and heal and restore. And as I partake of you, you know, I'm not taking communion 24 hours a day, but as I partake of you, as I remember you, as my thoughts are of you, you I am healed. And forgive us our sins. <laughs> oh, boy, this is, uh, this is a long one here, but I'll just make it short. Imagine that. Two individuals, Jesus tells a story. Two individuals, a king, he decides to, make, to, to assess his debtors. This guy owes a king several million dollars or billions of dollars in today's economy. He comes in and the king is going to throw him in jail, throw his family in jail, take everything he has. He begs and begs and begs. King says, okay, you can go. This same guy who has been forgiven billions of bucks he goes out and he decides, I'm going to collect everything that people owe me. And he gets this guy who owns him a few bucks, 10 bucks. Okay? He's just been forgiven billions, and he takes the guy who owns him $10. He chokes him, throws him in prison, throws his family in prison until he can pay. Now, another servant in the story sees this happening, and he goes to the king and says, King, you know that guy you let go that had billions of bucks? He threw a guy in prison who owed him 10. And the king says, bring him in. <laughs> we're going to put him in. We're going to put him in hell, basically. We're going to throw him in prison. You see, when, we, when God has forgiven us, he wants us to forgive others. Because forgiveness has a way of working its way outward from, in our relationships. 
And that's what Jesus was telling us. If you who've been forgiven, if you can't forgive, you don't really know how much you've been set free. And lead us not in temptation. Well, do not cause us to be tempted. God, help me, help me not to be tempted. I think of it sometimes as Job. Don't let, God, if the devil comes to you and wants to get in on my case, don't let him. (laughs) I don't want that temptation. And do not allow me to fail or to be uh, um, duped, I think is the word I'm thinking of. Do not let me fall into some type of thinking or relationships or belief that is going to pull me away from your goodness and who you are. Don't let me be fooled. And last, and deliver us from evil. God, greater is you, greater are you who is in me than evil that is in the world. Evil, evil has a limited time and it's forever set in hell. We have an eternity with Christ forever in God's presence. Because... For thine is the kingdom, this is in uh, Matthew, this is in addition to the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. You find that this whole prayer, it's all about you, Jesus. It's your kingdom, not only in heaven, but in me. It's your power, not only free in heaven, it's free in me. Because be done in earth as it is in heaven, It is your glory. It's not about me and how great I am and what I can do. It's about God and his will and his glory for what he has done in my life. It's all about you, Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) Let's stand. So, let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.